for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something, and wherever we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Miss Shannon, broadcasting live from the Twin Cities Film Fest studios with my bestie and my podcasting work husband, Jayton Satia, our executive director. How's it going, Jay? Am I alive? <laughs> Jay? Am I, am I still sleeping? Here's all I can say, Jay, is that you do look quite tired, which you kind of need to hurry up and shake off because we're not even today one of the festival. We are like the weekend before the 2019 Twin Cities Film Fest. Congratulations, Jayton. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild ride. Um, it's the weekend before, so when I walked out of the house this morning, my wife was like, "So you're not even trying to look presentable?" <laughs> you and don't I'm look like, that bad. I'm like, I have so much stuff happening. <laughs> she was like, "But sweatpants," <laughs> and I'm like, I. I dictate the uh, attire <laughs> at my office. So, yeah, sweatpants, everyone. Well, I think that you have some very fashionable sweatpants, and Thank I think you. that you're fine. Plus, we want to remind everybody that the actual Film Fest does kick off next week. Yep. Um, and so that's the days when we're going to have uh, a lot of red carpet events. We have some fantastic stars that popped in that we weren't sure we were going to get before we got here. And today is actually you and your staff out there doing the grind that the you grind. do when you work at a nonprofit. You're again, like, actually doing the physical labor involved again, with the festival it, it, we have enough help but because we're so big now all hands on deck there's no right. there's nothing that you know people shouldn't be doing and we all don't do i was just as soon as you walk in you found me i was upstairs right by the red carpet cutting a little 3m strips because we're going right. to put up the red carpet and one of my brand ambassadors who's up there handing out sticks, like what are you doing i'm like working and thank you for working and handing out all these booklets and so i prescribed to no job is too small especially if it's a collective effort so i love my team but yeah this weekend is all about just get the, the, the all the assets in every sign put up there's so much that goes to organizations so that our festival when it kicks off on wednesday with the celebrities here in the red carpet yes i'll dress up nicer but <laughs> at that point Everything should be as is, and we're moving forward with a wonderful festival. Well, I'm not going to hold it against you. If I come here on Wednesday and you forget to change out of your sweatpants, we'll just say that's the new it thing. No, Joggers no, are very popular right you, now. You can call me out on that. <laughs> you should call me out on There should be no. On Wednesday, I'll be, I'll be dressed. Well, right. I'm all excited. Before we get into some of our typical geek things, because not only do we have our festival going on, I've actually just recently returned from one of the, uh, basically my geek nirvana. Uh, New York Comic Con happened last week, and so my friend, our friend Nick Hotep and I were at that. So anybody nice. who's How was to it? Our, oh, like, it was fantastic. But Any surprises? Or? You know what? The surprises? that we had were we were impressed with a lot of the homages they had to some of our favorite characters okay. that might be sunsetting off of shows. Got it. So we did what you would normally uh, expect when you go to something like New York Comic Con, similar to what we did last year, we went to San Diego. We wandered a lot, uh, uh, spent a lot of time out on the floor. We made sure we went by the Sci-Fi Wire stage, which was one of the uh, free events that you can go, and they had all kinds of amazing content there that they were doing throughout the day. And then we bought a bunch of geek things. I got something for you, but I figured I'll wait nice, until nice. I, I wanted to. I'll tease it today, yeah. then I'll give it to you after the festival so you have something to look forward to. So I'll be like, well, if nothing else, stay alive until the end of the festival because I brought you something back from New York. It's not going to do me any if I'm dead. Um, <laughs> so that means enough. you can't die. Right, can't That die. works. Um, but the, one of the best things that we did is the one day that our friend and I decided to go to, to panels is we went to um, the panel day where they had The Walking Dead. 
And then they moved on to the two Star Trek properties that are available now on CBS All Access. So The Walking Dead, even though I am not a Walking Dead fan. And I am a fan. I'm not a, I'm not a fanatic. Right. But I do, uh, I have caught up until the last season or, or the last half of the last season. Um, I have not yet started this particular uh well, I'll make sure that we yet. drop some some trailers yeah. into this because one of the things that you'll enjoy is that they did talk about um, sunsetting, and I don't think I'm uh, I'm going to give everybody a spoiler. One of the best things that was about the Walking Dead panel, and Chris Hardwick, of course, is the one who moderated again, and they had all of your favorite characters are out there, and where I fall in line, even though I do not currently watch the show, of course, I am a giant fan of Denai Guerrera, who we all know is Michonne. That's right. And so they did a really fantastic job of talking about how they are very uh, pleased at her success and appropriately honored but also saddened that she's going to be leaving the show and so they did talk about that and we had a chance to see her cast members kind of all give her her accolades and her to be able to make a statement uh, in Madison Square Garden to yeah. all of the fans so at this New York season is the end of is her going to arc. be her arc yeah with so that we're going to sunset that but they did drop a little surprise for all of the big fans that are out there of The Walking Dead one of your favorite characters is returning and so I'll let you, I'll drop it to you because I my okay. friends are very impressed. So yeah, Maggie yeah. will be back. Oh, nice! Yes, and yes. so that so yes, it yes, was yes. a happy, sad moment. So they're sunsetting. So she'll be bringing that. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. great. Her so, character was gotten um, more and more. Um, she she's not the Rick Grimes, right? Right. She yeah. she is that linchpin yes. that was went missing. And everybody again, there were other characters that were getting developed. Um, but I think having Maggie back will will bring some of that. Stability, right? Uh, and so it does sound like it really is going in a direction that, from the from the the responses I saw of everybody that was in Madison Square Garden who were big fans of this, and my two friends who are Uber fans, like my friend goes to the specific Walking Dead, uh, their own little panels, and not only their panels but also goes to their conventions that are specific to that genre. She was very excited about all of the things that they mentioned, and then what they followed up after the actual Walking Dead panel is that there is a currently unnamed new show. Yeah, I heard and about that. Yeah, it's like a spin-off. It is a spin-off and it's actually it's 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 a it's a subset of where they are. So it fla- so it's basically if they're um, the way that they described it cuz they don't have a name, they did announce all of the cast. Um, it is Imagine you are uh, a young person who grew up in this society. And so they were away from where all of our current uh, Walking Dead fandom, I mean, our Walking Dead characters are. They grew up in a different community. Got it. In a community of, of quote unquote, safety. And then they have a reason, all these young people who like, you know, all these, uh, they're all like young adults, like in their, their late, late teens, teens. Okay, late teens. So they have a reason to go out into the world that is this, you know, we've had, you know, as we call them walkers, right. they call them empties. We've had them for 10 years. And now these people who grew up knowing that this existed out in this world, right. but never had to actually deal with it because they're they were in a community of safety. Outside they've seen, of their safety zone. Correct. So they've always seen them in very controlled environments and they've prepared them in, you know, kind of in general for the world that they live sure. in, but they haven't actually been out in it on their own. And so it's a story about that. So I was actually very impressed with all the young actors that they had so, and the so, way that so they cast let me, them. Let me kind of pull back a little bit mm-hmm. they had um walking dead yes 
and then they had the spinoff. Yes, off of that. the unnamed Walking Dead show. Right. right, they don't know what the name of it is um, yet. But there's another Walking Dead, isn't there? There's the um, um, Fear the Walking. The Fear of the Walking Dead, which they did. They didn't have an actual. We didn't attend a panel okay. about that. See, but I they was... did have the since so many of the producers and there's a crossover in that world. Yeah. Um. So they did have them discussing how there are dovetailed plot points and Easter eggs throughout all of the series that you can pop in. But they did also talk about this new series, similar to the way they did with the fear of the walking dead, where they'll go those things that you're like, okay, it's neat that I knew that, but it does give you an opportunity. If you are not a hardcore walking dead fan, you don't have to catch up on all of the seasons of the walking dead to be able to enjoy these additional properties is what they said. So you think about, um, too much, mm-hmm. right? Is there a fear of, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> is there a fear of... Um, Walking Dead overload? Yeah. I mean, I Exhaustion. think... Exhaustion. I... <laughs> apparently not, because apparently there's enough uh, fans that want this. Right. Uh, that they're going to spin off another series. Again, I have not seen Fear the Walking Dead. Right. I like and an episode, and I'm, I'm intrigued, but... This new concept, the new unnamed show, actually seems a little bit more up my alley. And it does seem interesting because it seems as though they're trying to create... It's, it sounds like it's going to be on AMC and, and things like that as normal, but I kind of saw this as if they were going to put something that was on the same network as Cloak and Dagger. Um, so if they would put this over on that network, because it does focus on young actors that are in these different scenarios and basically on how odd the world would be just in that age anyway. Does AMC have a streaming service? Um, yes. Because it seems like this is much more of a CBS All Access type right. or, or streaming service where they launched this, but because of the young characters and based mm-hmm. on the story, they would actually lean towards more of a streaming service for for this. Okay, so fair enough. Watch The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead on AMC, and then if then if then it eventually goes to uh, the streaming service. But I think right. you should launch this exclusively on the streaming service, right? So that you get a little bit more uh, of that young fandom right. to come along. Now, again, same thing with we're going to discuss in a few minutes. But we have the two Star Trek series, which they're exclusively on CBS All Access. I do think that this new pro- this new project that they're doing in The Walking Dead, I do agree with you Jaden that it would be the kind of thing that people who had quote unquote uh, cut the cord uh, would be more likely to be involved with it versus something that you would use as destination programming and sit down every week and maybe they'll adjust that. That wasn't one of the things that they talked about during the panel. They did talk about how they were really focusing on inclusivity and diversity and the cast and the way that they were putting it together. So I feel like they're really targeting that audience because of that and those casting decisions as well. So we'll see if it ends up on a, like, if it wasn't that, they have a tendency to have more aggressive violence in The Walking Dead. I really did see this as a freeform property, but now that you mention it, it's something that would make a streaming op- opportunity. What do I know? I agree. Well, no, but I mean, you do know a lot, and I, and and plus, we both know enough that they gave us a podcast on the Malls of yeah. My Talk podcast network. So, <laughs> I love it. Um, but I agree with you, and I was kind of like, well, maybe 
Like, I, I, I always get invigorated whenever I go to one of these panels. I'm like, I'm going to watch this now. Yeah. And then I don't. Because there's there's certain things, like, I'm not a zombie aficionado. Right. And so even though I really enjoy, like, I was sure that Michonne, because I want a cosplayer, would yep. be enough to pull me back in. And the trailer looks fantastic. You really, you know, I really was excited for where the property is going. But I didn't think that it was enough to make me as a very loose fan of zombie properties tap back into the franchise. I'm intrigued with the character that I, that I've actually uh, again I'm intrigued with his arc as Negan. Right. And they did talk about him a lot and he was there. I think he's going to be he a pretty fantastic. essential part of the the remainder of this season uh, even though I haven't watched an episode yet, but um, based on the trailer, it seems like not necessarily he's coming over to the good side, but he knows what's good, which is these whispers are mm-hmm. not where And that's he one wants of the things they discuss is that he, you know, the actor, uh, was very clear that Negan will always remain Negan. <laughs> no, so, he's self-serving. Right, and, and he has yeah. his own view of the Agenda, world exactly. right but he does but they the from what they wanted to do without making it a, a spoilerific panel he did give the indication that negan agrees with or is more likely to be on one side versus the other right and it was interesting listening to the way that he talked about his acting experience on the last one and like and that show is such an interesting show the thing that i do like about it is that the actors have to put it's a very grueling schedule it's a grueling filming environment like you hear how much these actors put you know literally blood sweat and tears right. into those characters and that part of building that community i do find very, very impressive that they've done it. And so I think they definitely have earned all of their fans. They're still in Atlanta, correct? Correct. That's still where they're shooting it? Yes. And then the new one, I believe, and I'm, I'm saying this wrong, it is not in Atlanta. It's someplace like South Carolina or something. I was going to say North Carolina, South something Carolina. Something yeah. actually, in the way the actors discussed it, in a way that the, the director and the producers mentioned it, someplace even more grueling to film mm. that was... More hot, more humid, and one of the things that I want to also shout out, and, and they did this during the panels, they talked about the actors that play all of the walkers, and they said they are definitely the unsung heroes of this show, where people say, hey, I want to be a walker. They're like, are you sure you do? Because they talk about full it is on makeup in, all day. In a, in a in brutal environment. And over and over. you got to right. do the same, again. You guys are like, oh, they're just walking around. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Like, they're walking over terrain that is Correct. not meant to be. And they're In not 115 degrees. They're not putting on pumas. No. Like, they're walking barefoot. Right. Or, like, broken sandals. Right. And they were talking even about the young actors that are in the new Walking Dead property, about a lot of the stunt work that they do, even when it's just the cut scenes of certain things where they would say it was just so grueling to have to fall over and over and over again with, you know, as they put it, an empty attacking you and things that they have to deal with. And so I give all of those type of actors so many kudos for what they do. And I'm glad that the fans are so rabid for all of the work that they do. Because we know, as as you know, we've had some friends that have made some short films and and some properties out there that we know were a lot of work. And then people were like, "Well, about I it. would love to be uh, a walker. You do that. I am not. No, <laughs> if 
we could do a podcast on the Walking Dead set, <laughs> and they asked us to experience it. I would do it. You can do that, and then I will hold my phone out, and I will make a time-lapse uh, video of Great. you, and we'll put that on our Instagram. You know, page. they do need more brown faces there. <laughs> they do. I'm just saying. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as brown faces, though, at least they do have some that are going to be on the new the new sh- younger show. And they actually are That's doing good. some additional voices that are not only brown, but they are very, you know, w- you know, one of their primary actors is a very um, uh, pronounced voice in the queer community. Okay. And so they had the opportunity to, to showcase their work as well and how they were selected for this uh, property and why they just elected to do this one, and that's fantastic. So I'm very excited about it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely it's going to be one of those things that is Jaden, as as our listeners know, we play past the password. Yes. I feel like this is going to have to be yours. I, w- I will I, take this. Yeah, you can uh, have that one. You and your wife can watch it. Badge you know, kind of, of thing. honor. Um, I just can't watch it until the festival's over. Oh, that's true. But well, I'll you got time. I you got, got time. time. Yeah, got time. and then and the new the new property doesn't even start until 2020, so we got plenty of time for Great. that as well. On to two other things. So following the two Walking Dead panels, we were uh, we had a, a, a brief moment to run to the restroom and get a glass of wine and then come back, and then we went into the part of the day that I selected, which were the two Star Trek panels. And so we started with Star Trek Discovery, yeah. which... I was so happy that I am mostly ca- caught up because they also showed the trailer for what's going on in season three with this amazing time jump. So anybody yeah. who is a Discovery fan. When she jumps, is it thousands so of years it's, into the future? Uh, I, I'm going to say this wrong. It's something like 917. Yeah, it's like, like it's a very like a, specific. Yeah. <laughs> like 913 years or 900. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very specific amount of time that they jump forward. And the way that they explain it's the entire- that. The yeah, ship. The yes, ship. Yes. Right. They follow her mm-hmm. into it. And that was one of the things that was so freeing. And, and when you're watching these panels and you have an opportunity to see people that you are big fans of, like when I was watching the Walking Dead panel and watching Denai Guerrero talk about her experience on this, back to our conversation about women and, and one of the, com- the, the common threads throughout the particular day that we were watching was these stories and these women and these different personas that were being showcased in this amazing science fiction and fantasy world that we have now. So Sonequa Martin Green, uh, who was, uh, you know, who we know is one of the, you know, the, pri- you know, Michael Burnham, you know, on discovery, uh, was amazing. Her entire cast was amazing. It was so freeing to hear them discuss what they think about the show and to see the way that the producers and, and, and ha- were very intentional about, building this fandom because they were very aware of how precious people in the, yeah. yeah. And so they were very, uh, free, uh, you know, very, very, um, uh, appropriate with knowing how precious that is, but also trying to do something more, but stay in line with here are the tenets of Star Trek that made it so, important to people and you could really just see that there was so much history like madison square garden was full ish for uh talking dead it was packed 
to hear about these the, yeah. these uh, dis, uh, Star Trek Discovery, and it was people in all of a variety of every costume and talking about when they first watched it, and families talking about how I watched it and now my kids watch it together, and how come they were excited to be able to watch something like Discovery together. So they almost lost me in the first season, they which were, they said I they, I, they yeah. were there were literally three or four episodes, and I'm like, what? is happening right this is not the star trek that i know it's getting a little too not necessarily convoluted but i was trying to follow the science mm-hmm. in it as well and it, it, it took a couple of obviously you have to take a couple leaps to just believe and right so, you, so i stuck with it and i think by the end of the first season i was hooked enough to watch the second. I think second season was better than the first. I agree. And I do think that they also did a fantastic job of really, you know, I think part of it is that we had an expectation of what the world was going to be like based upon previous Star Trek properties in the first one, the first season. And then you needed time for them to build the world and go, no, here's the way that we do it. And to remind ourselves that the way that they create products for something like a streaming service like CBS All Access does give them more license than they seem to do on network television, even with some of the shows that are, we'll say, more avant-garde. But when you're on a major network like a, like a, like a regular CBS, I don't think they would have hit any of the beats that they ended up doing in season two. And the way that they allowed so many of those characters to develop, and you watch this amazing character development with Michael Burnham, I don't think that that's something that we normally get in we'll say legacy properties, but I do give them a lot of credit for staying with some stuff. Cause at first, I mean, I was like you where I'm just like, I am so tired of additional streaming services and paywalls and, and why can't everything be where I used to find right. it? So I was very, I was very reluctant to tap into CBS all access for me. Um, again, Michael Burnham aside, I think the cast also got stronger in the yes. second season. Um, with the introduction of Spock mm-hmm. um, and her her parents, right? Um, I think added extra a bit of um, uh, more humanity to right. the whole to, to Michael at least, right? Um, I don't think there was an episode that where she didn't cry right. because of all the tragedies that were happening right. around her. Um, you know, for her to again spoiler alert, but for her to be that angel at the end of the day. That has been uh, kind of the, the seven, the spikes that they're kind of following. It was her trying right. to save them. Um, and then her making that leap and saying, I can pull this this whole universe into peace again, but I have to sacrifice myself. And right. I have to let myself go. Um, and again, she was like the Neo. She yes. had to figure out... like. In due time, that she was the one that was the linchpin. The linchpin, right? Mm-hmm. So and I that's a lot of pressure. But it's also such a when you be, when you go from the beginning of her her characterization and watch her grow into that. That's a big leap to say, wait, all of this is on me. I'm that important. Because why would you, in a real world like that, I'm like, Jayton, you are, you know, one of the key members of a film festival, and you're like, oh, it's all about my volunteers. Imagine if the whole universe relied on you. How do you come to grips with that? Talk about imposter syndrome. That's I'm going to go to sleep different. right now. I don't want to think about <laughs> That's it. That's too much pressure. No, it's too much pressure. <laughs> it's too and much I think, pressure. Um, 
I think they do a really good job with character support around her as well, with her love. And again, at the very end, when when Spock decides not to go, right, with her, and she said, "Hey, I will send you my seventh. The seventh signal will mm-hmm. be for you, right." And then he waits and waits and waits, and of course, there it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, he, she's got support from across time, right, which is unfathomable. Right? And they like did you have you're, you're that important that. In time, you are the person. When they screened the the first part of the first episode for us, and then the trailer as well, it really does suck you back in, and you're like, this is going to be good. And they drop some hints to some new characters, and just the whole fact that now, not only are you dealing with as you said, a lot of those science things, it's like, well, what's still here when you jump that far into the future? Right, like Where what, are we? It, like now they can really let their minds and science be free. Right. And, and literally come up with things that have no relevance in our timeline. Yeah. And what was going on with the Federation? Who still exists? What, you know, you know, you know, you talked about being a family when you were just part of Discovery. Now you have even more isolation. It's like, how do you deal with all of that? And so I'm very interested to see, you know, I think it's going to be great television to, when to did watch they, that. Uh, did they say when the new season will launch? They did, and I forgot already. Was and I'm, I'm thinking assuming January. it's 2020. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to okay. be, yeah. So, because the thing is that that's coming in do soon. They do no, actually, that's starting soon. Do that's they, before now. Do they do that's drip? the end of this year. That's the end of this year because our next conversation is wait, about... Wait, wait, before you go to the next one, do they... Again, I, I play past the password, so I got to like <laughs> watch all of them at once, binge it. But do they? They drip. They drip. Okay. Yeah. They mm-hmm. do drip. Got and it. so I'm going to look that up because I think that's coming up soon. Because that would the, make sense because yeah, they have this other huge entity that they're going to launch. Which, dun 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 The second part of the day was about the other brand new but also very familiar Star Trek property. Picard. Picard does drop in January, so that's going to drop the middle of January 2020. And we were uh, graced to have a panel that was hosted by Sir Patrick Stewart, wow. uh, who brought out a number of the actors who are going to be uh, A lot of familiar co-host. faces. No, and the thing is that the new trailer does show a lot of familiar faces, and we'll drop that in. So uh, you do see uh, a number of Picard allies, but you also really focus on um, the new cast members as well. And one of the things that Sir Patrick Stewart was very keen on relaying is the fact that this is not a Star Trek The Next Generation reunion show. Um, And the way he put it uh, was that if he asked one of his, as he put it, friends to be in a show that's called Picard, there was a pivotal reason why they showed up. But this show is not about those legacy characters. It is about additional characters and how they move forward and what else is going on. Although we will see, and you know, they have a little hook and there's a reason why some of these other characters are going to be in and they didn't give all of them it away. Um, but well, it, best, just... it definitely is a passing of the torch. I just saw the trailer. I mean, I've seen the last, the first two mm-hmm. that they dripped. Um, and then literally Shannon walked in and she goes, have you seen the new trailer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, She was like, no, no, no. The no, one the that real they, one. That the they real showed. one. I'm like, what? There's a new one? I wish I had made you wait until we actually started. Because well, your response was, it, you were looking kind of tired. And then that one, you're like, wait, oh, what? It's the most. Yes. And, and that's the reason behind that is you get to see so many familiar faces. Right. And again, that just brings you back, even though. Those moments that they're showing on the trailer might literally be a scene or two 
and they may refer back to that particular scene later uh, in the episode. But to have that familiarity, and then again, we saw some really great new characters as well. Obviously, the 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 girl, mm-hmm. the young the young woman who he's trying to protect or save or whatever. And there's two Romulan factions right. that we we're gonna deal with because um, this really does the other thing some that new was new aliens that I saw. Right, which was again, you saw the old Borg, saw a Borg ship. Mm-hmm. So like it, it starts to. It brings you into the fold, but then also it starts to say, why is this something that I would care about? And one of the things that I think was wonderful way that they were explaining their motivation for Picard is a lot of it was based on what, you know, to, to really bring it into view that these characters were living during this entire time period. So it's not a you know, they were in stasis, basically. It's, you know, Picard looks as though he clearly has aged in the time that we haven't visited him. He was off trying to figure out how to live his life and what his transition was out of what we we saw in the the Next Generation films. And if you had that real-time time progression from the end of the film to where we pick up for Picard the series, um, that's what what would everybody would have been doing something different in that time period and what would have made sense and again he has again if you, if you know the character he's got an affinity for wine and wine country so when you see him in in his sanctuary, in his sanctuary, and, sanctuary yeah. where mm-hmm. he is yet he is still conflicted and he's done his chateau picard yeah. and he's trying and to he's, live life he's trying to live life but he's still um thinking back to his life and the fact that he can still add value you know when there, there's a small scene in the trailer when he's spelling his name for mm-hmm. a guy who's checking him in into the federation he goes p-i-c-a-r-d <laughs> and the guy goes it's good to see you up and about and he gives him the nastiest look to be like I'm, i never left yeah i'm the he gives I'm, him this I'm old man look. Yeah. Like, you don't need to you know um and again you see Again, this is in the trailers, but you see Data and Riker and some of the old seven of seven of nines Mm -hmm. that crossover right there. Troy, so um, I'm looking forward to it, and I think I don't know if they're going to have. I'm assuming it's a series, so multiple Mm -hmm. multiple seasons, hopefully at least two, three, four. I am very curious to see what is once they got Sir Patrick Stewart on board because that was a fascinating story because he told them no. The show he said he wasn't going to do it. It's Picard. It's called Picard. And it's that's not why called Star Trek. It's no, him. And so it is not. It yeah. is his story and this new and, and moving on. And, and he was very clear about that, that it is not, you know, even though this new trailer does tug at your heartstrings by seeing those legacy characters, it's not about them, it sounds like, from the story that he gave him. So we'll see how that goes. And it was very interesting to listen to him talk about how he had said no to this property on a couple of occasions, and then they created a work that he changed his mind and decided to come back in. And I would love it if Will came back, not uh, um, uh, Will Wheaton. Yes, uh, made an appearance on this show. <laughs> Why? I liked Wesley as a character. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of fun because he we'll again, Wesley was a uh, okay. He was a teenager, yeah, when Picard was captain, right? Essentially, or he was in his early twenties because he was right. So. I'm curious if he now, <laughs> if Wesley is the captain of his own ship. 
What did he do in the movies? We'll have to watch. He was the movie more again. science. Yeah, he was science. Because I don't think he, in the movies I don't remember him being on the trajectory to do that. I'll be honest, I haven't watched those just, movies I all that recently. I just want to see Wesley. I just want to know <laughs> what he's up to. I kind of feel like Will Wheaton is doing fine. He's out there doing. Oh, Will Wheaton's work. doing fine. I'm just curious <laughs> about the character of Wesley. All right, so we'll put that in. We'll have to like ping them. We'll like uh, we'll tweet at them. Bring back Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if they brought back just Spock, call somebody over there. If we brought back Spock in Discovery, there's no reason we can't have a wish list for Picard. So we can do that. I'm sure if we start an online petition, you know that this is the kind of thing that I feel like Bring they might work their the, fandom uh, into. The voice of the Borg Queen. <laughs> That'll work. See, we can do all uh, that. Or Q. Bring back Q. He can be Q back. Q never ages, right? Q is Q. Well, John Delancey might. So he might be <laughs> John Delancey, That's the true. guy who played Q, might. But I think that'd be fun. And, and speaking of of aging, aging gracefully, we are at our tenth anniversary of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Uh, there should be more pomp and circumstance with that. But congratulations, Jaden. It was one of the things that we got to showcase at the uh, preview gala. Yeah. Uh, that we have made it all the way to. 10 years there's some fun things that we want to remind people about uh including um what's going on for our opening night this year yeah we have a um opening that has two films our first film is jojo rabbit with um the taika waititi he plays hitler it is a satire Mm -hmm. um he is an imaginary friend hitler played by taika is an imaginary (laughs) friend of a 10 year old boy in germany during world war ii and um, it's it's again it's the worst of humanity in a satire, but then it does bring you back into there's so much good in this world, right? So that's that. Uh, it's getting Oscar buzz, and then the, our opening night film follows up. Jojo Rabbit is Working Man. It's an indie film. The director is from Iowa City. Just a true grit story about a older gentleman. He's always worked in a manufacturing facility all his life. It is in the seventies and the small town manufacturing facility gets bought up by this big corporate company so they lay off every single individual and again he's already at retirement age but his purpose in life is to get up in the morning and have breakfast and say how to his wife and go to work so right. that's exactly what he continues to do he breaks back into the manufacturing facility to do something every single day um, and as everybody else's in the town uh, you know out of a job because it's a small town and that, em- that company employed a lot of people um, they start looking at him as a, the crazy old man who's going back in, and he's right. just because he's literally just cleaning the equipment just to do something. Right. He has, you know, lunch by himself in an empty cafeteria. Um, they all start to go back in because they have nothing else to do, <laughs> so they want to support him. And the whole point is for them to uh, ideally. Uh, pressure the uh, the new company uh, the, that bought it to reopen the facility. So and I'm not going to let you know what's going to happen. But Talia Shire, uh, who people might know from uh, Rocky as Adrian, she plays the wife and she will be in attendance. And Peter Garrity, you might know him from Flight and from the, the show The Wire. He plays uh, the, the working man, right? Her, her husband. So he's going to be in attendance as well. So it's going to be a really great opening night for and, us. And I think it's always fun. Like we talk about these being independent films and they sound like they're small, but in a world, you know, especially the world that you and I spend a lot of time navigating of these big budget blockbuster films. And don't get me wrong, my geek heart is so happy that we're making these amazing films right now and I'm really enjoying them but to remind people that there's also these films that are not giving the given the opportunity to be shown and showcased on as many screens because <laughs> so many of these big budget films that people are 
considering sure things are taking up all of the screens and the opportunity. So it is difficult to find some of these properties now. So supporting your local festival isn't a bad idea if no, you want to be able to see again, something a little different. Us, we do have the big blockbuster, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's the dichotomy that we wanted to present to our audience. Is like we have an Oscar-contending film right. with a major actor like Scarlett Johansson, Jojo right. Rabbit. And at the same time, we have this amazing independent film, and they both have redeeming qualities and redeeming uh, values of why we're showing it. And our opening night truly shows you that you can find something at our festival that you will enjoy. Um, And that literally filters over the next 10 days after that. Because we have every variety of film that you would be interested in. So let me me tell you a quick, like, mention three or four of the the bigger studio films that people will be talking about the the green books of the world and mm-hmm. moonlights of the world we have marriage story with scarlett joe and adam driver we have honey boy with shia labeouf he's plays his own dad in the film right narrative film powerful powerful acting and directing the director is going to be here alma Haral. we have a film called just mercy with michael b jordan and jamie fox true story about a wrongful conviction powerful performances there Motherless Brooklyn with Ed Norton. He wrote, directed, acts in it. Just a film noir, uh, 50s uh, crime drama with um, uh, Alec Baldwin in it and Bruce Willis in it. We have Waves with Sterling K. Brown. Um, powerful film about uh, an affluent African-American family that are right. just struggling, going through addiction through their son's eyes and then through the daughter's eyes. And it's just a heartbreaking um, story about what families, regardless of who you are, how how things can just go awry, and right. you just have to band together. Um, so those are four or five that I just mentioned that are more the Oscar studio buzz worthy. And all of the actors that you're like, have I heard of them? Do they oh count God. in popular? Have I, you know, what? So if you wonder when, you know, when Sterling K. Brown isn't doing This Is Us, then you get to see what he is doing as yeah, well. You know, exactly. it's like when Shia LaBeouf isn't doing sit-ins or rapping on, on television shows, now you get to see what they're working on. And so again, there's a variety of things. These are, again, they're considered studio films. So they're quote unquote blockbusters, right? They will eventually get released. But film festival studio films are still considered indie films from the studio side. Right. Right? These are not Marvel movies by any means. These are not Fast and the Furious by any means. The films that we're showing that are studio films that are up for Oscar contention or or buzzworthy are the films that actually have amazing storylines and character development, but they have those famous actors that you love in Marvel movies, in the the big blockbusters, rack them up, shoot them down movies, but at a more depth that they really care about. They they get to show off their acting chops. And for all of our friends out there that have a little bit of the ADD and have a very difficult time sitting through anything long, if you need things very episodic, we have a number of short film blocks, which is great for all of you out there where you want to see some really cool things, but you see them in bite-sized chunks, you should check out one of our short film blocks. Yeah, and they're all themed, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a horror block so mm-hmm. thriller horror so yes that's what you're gonna get out of those seven films right uh, you know and again some are five minutes long some are 10 minutes long correct some are 15 minutes long but they're all in a chunk that you can enjoy based on the theme we have a film uh, a short block called present is female so yep. these are all female driven content stories we have um, our documentary shorts block so literally if you're a documentary um, fan these are short films. And you learn spe- about so oh many amazing stories. 
Mm-hmm. Short Spot got a great way to do it. Again, the best way to do it is to go to our website, which is TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. Check out our film lineup page, and you can literally sort by categories. You can sort by studios. You can sort by Minnesota. You can sort by Her, which is our women's series this year. We can sort by LGBTQ, Horror Block, Tech Series. Again, as we're talking Star Trek here, like we have three or four amazing tech-related films. One of them is called Do You Trust This Computer? Right. And it's literally about technology right now and how... Like, if we wanted to, we could literally have AI take over the world, but should we? Right. Right? And then there's another film called Human Nature. I'm a big science slash medical field geek because right. I had a degree in medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a the film called Human Nature. It's about CRISPR. It's about genetic modifications to make our lives better, to get, literally get rid of diseases right now. But then you have that conflict of like, should can, we do that? Because if, if you, you can, can genetically multi- engineer something like that and multiply it, where do you draw the line? Right. So the right. question then becomes is like, can I have uh, designer babies? Correct. Like if I literally want my kid to have blue, blue eyes, eyes, I can literally take that gene out of brown eyes, which is predominant in my family, and just insert in blue eyes. But right. where does it stop? Right. When would we stop sitting there and going, how designer is Sue designer and who gets to make those choices? So that's right. a very interesting So one, Human Nature well. is one of my favorite docs of this year as well. So again, you can sort through all of them. You can watch one movie, just pay 13 bucks. You can buy a pass, which is a discounted pass. You can bring friends to it. These passes are all transferable, so you don't have to attend. You can just hand out tickets. You can be Oprah. You can be like, you get a ticket, you get a ticket. <laughs> so um, red carpet events. And the one thing that I would definitely want to give a shout out to is our um, lounge sponsor this year. And this is a second year back called Can Can Wonderlands. If you haven't been to Can Can Wonderland, you Here in the Twin Cities. Go. Yes, it's so St. fun. St. Paul, um, I believe right off of University Avenue. They have created an epic lounge for us this year. It is prehistoric. It, it's got some amazing set design built into it. They built everything. There's a huge... Wait, prehistoric, like old school Jurassic? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> like you will see some harkening back to, to the, some of the Jurassic Park films and a couple mm-hmm. of other films that we have. Just kind of want to give a nod to, to, to Can Can Wonderland. But our lounge is free for anybody to attend. You don't have to go to a movie. Um, there's a hosted, there's a bar there with all the kind of drinks you want. There's a DJ every single night. We're going to have a Purple Night because we're showing Purple Rain. Yes. 35th anniversary with the director during the festival. That night is going to be Purple Nights. So we're going to have 80s and Prince music. We're going to have specifically a couple of nights with female DJs because mm-hmm. what? Cause one of our Her series. That makes sense. Her series mm-hmm. movies is called Amplify Her. So um, it's going to be an epic, epic 10 days. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it, but you know. I just I needed this. I, <laughs> I, I needed to talk about it to to get out of the normal rut to right. start it, to feel the energy that that opening night brings. Well, we are looking forward to everybody coming down and joining us for the 10th anniversary of the Twin Cities Film Fest. It kicks off next week, so you can go ahead and get your tickets by going to our website twincitiesfilmfest.org. You can also be part of our podcast if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, if you want to share your feedback, your accolades, if you want to just hit us up, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're um, at BRGeek on Twitter and Facebook, and you can always email us. It's BRGeek at gmail.com. We appreciate all that and don't worry, Jayton. I know you're going to survive. I, I, I trust you. I, I, I've seen you do this enough years. I know you're going to be fine. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for everybody for joining us for this edition of BR Geek, where everyone is a geek about something.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.